Hey there, this is your girl Shawanda, and you're listening to Refreshing the Soul Podcast, a show where we bring our experiences and God's truth to refresh the heavy and hard places in your soul. From anxiety to unforgiveness, we'll learn how to come to an honest place in our souls and uproot those hidden lies so that you can discover the unique expression God created you to be in this world. Hey everyone, welcome back. Welcome back. We are on our third and last episode for the series, Refreshing the Wounded Soul. I pray that you have gotten something out of the first two episodes. Stage one, be honest. Our very first episode, we talked about allowing yourself to feel. You know, when we're transforming from a wounded place, one, we have to be honest with the wound. There's no way you can heal from something you're not willing to be honest that needs healing. You're not willing to peel back that Band-Aid and say, okay, there's a scar there. There's something going on. And if we're not even allowing ourselves to feel what we feel, there's no way we're going to allow God to touch the place that needs healing. So just being honest, being honest with how you feel, but also being honest with what's going on in your soul. If you feel jealous, if you feel intimidated, if you feel insecure, or if you feel fear, you have to be honest with that. So if you missed that episode, go back, tune into that episode. That's stage one of this process of really just transforming from a wounded place. You know, that's what I heard. I was waking up one morning and I just heard transforming from a wounded place. And I believe that's what God wants for you. He doesn't want you to remain in a wounded place. He doesn't want you to remain in the mentality of what the wound did to you. He wants you to be transformed. That's his heart. That's his vision for you. And one, we have to start with being honest. And so the next episode was stage two, finding the root. So after we're honest with, okay, you know, I'm intimidated, you know, when I am around beautiful women and feeling that sense of fear, that sense of comparison, that sense of jealousy, whatever that is. And I'm using that as as an example, we have to find the root to it. See, sometimes we go around feeling these things, but never dealing with those things. And that's why we're the same. We're not transformed. One, we haven't been honest with ourselves about it. You know, we haven't came to a place where we're okay to see ourselves in a light that may not look so good. So one, you have to be honest, but two, we have to slow down to find the root. And finding the root is just simply why do I do what I do? Why do I feel the way I feel? No longer allowing yourself to graze over these situations, to graze over the things that trigger your soul, but stopping for a moment and saying, you know what? I'm feeling, I feel intimidated right now. That's the honest truth. But why do I feel that? And I gave you four questions, four W's to ask yourself when you do feel triggered. When something you feel in your soul is like a check in your spirit, like, uh, this don't feel right. Like I'm not operating or responding out of a place of rest, out of a place of wholeness, security. When that comes up in your soul, you can ask these four questions. And the four questions I gave you is, okay, what happened? What just happened? If it was us, such and such, somebody looked at me this way or 
they didn't speak or whatever it is. And you're doing this in your own private time, your quiet place. No one has to know these answers. This is just between you and God. So one, what happened? Two, what did I feel? What did I feel? On the onset of whatever happened, what did I feel? Then ask, why did I feel this way? Why am I feeling insecure? Why am I feeling intimidated? Why is there fear there? Like, what is this? What's going on? And then, okay, where in my past did this happen? Where maybe in my childhood, where did do I remember feeling this way or the beginning of where this started? Because it really is a mindset that we're trying to get to. We're trying to find the root of the mindset that we have. And when we do this, we're now allowing a place that used to be hidden to be exposed so that if this is triggered again, you know where this is coming from. And now you have a sense of, you have more of a power and authority and a control to be like, okay, I know what this is, but I'm going to choose to operate differently from this place, okay? And so for me last week, I spoke about it was pride. And honestly, I didn't even know it was pride. I just brought my honesty to God and he revealed to me that it was pride. And it wasn't the root, but it was the fruit. It was the thing that I was doing and showing. And the root actually came from just me not wanting to be hurt again. So this pride, this sense of entitlement, this sense of controlling my relationships It just so I wouldn't get hurt or not being vulnerable enough because I wanted to protect a place. That's pride. But it came from a fear of just being hurt, being hurt again. And so it kind of once you get to the root, honestly, it's like it softens the image that you're probably afraid to see yourself through. It softens that. You know, oh, because sometimes when you hear pride, it just sounds so bad. You know, the preachers preach it and is, is, you know, pride comes before the destruction and all this stuff. And I, God has a way of dealing with our hearts and dealing with the things in our souls that seem so scary and so hard to uncover. He has a way of dealing with it so graciously and seeing that, okay, look what's here. Now that you know the root of it, now I knew where it was coming from. And it came from a place of just one, yeah, experiencing infidelity over a course of years and even experiencing things in my childhood, you know, just wanting, just not wanting to be hurt, things that I grew up with as a child. And we're going to get into more of that over the next few months. But seeing that that was the root of it, now it wasn't so, it didn't seem such a hard thing to move past, to move on from. Sometimes we feel like we're stuck. In this process, we're stuck in a place where it's like, gosh, am I ever going to be different? Am I ever going to feel different? I've always felt this way. I've always been this way. Like, how? And it's something about finding the root of why you do what you do where it doesn't seem so impossible anymore. It's like, oh, okay, I do this because of this. And it's so important to find that, to find that reason, to find that why, because at least over into the next stage, the third stage, which is uprooted, we won't know what to uproot unless we find the root. Like, what are you uprooting and what are you changing your mindset with if you don't even know why you do what you do? So we're uprooting the old story, the old mentality, the old why. And 
That word uproot means to simply to move something from their home or familiar location. And some of you, and even me, have been familiar with a story that we have told ourselves because of a wound, because of getting hurt, and maybe getting hurt repeatedly over and over again. And you've believed this story about yourself. You've believed this story about men, about family, about life, about working for people. I mean, whatever your situation is, and we want to, to uproot it means, okay, now what I once believed, I have to uproot that and not be so familiar with it. And at the same time, you're uprooting that, you're changing your mindset, you're choosing to believe something different. And this process is <laughs> can be very hard. You know, I'm just going to be honest. It's not pretty. It's not. You're so used to living in this one place. It's almost like living in a home that you've lived in since you were a child. You're an adult now. You're 30, 40, whatever, however many years old. And you've been living here all your life. And maybe for some of you, it hasn't been all your life. Maybe it's just been years. But let's just say you've been living in this home for a lot of years. Everything is in its place. You know where everything is. When you come home, you know where you sit. You know where you lay. I mean, it's just, it's familiar. It's comfortable. And even if it's something that you don't like, even at the home, you don't like it anymore, or it's not where you really, really want to be, because you've been there for so long, it's familiar. And so it's the same thing with our souls. Because we've thought a certain way for so long, it's familiar. It's comfortable. The toxic things in our souls can be comfortable. The toxic thoughts, the unhealthy way of thinking can be comfortable because it's familiar. And so when we uproot this place, when we change this place, when we move from a home that we've been in for a long time, and for me, it's been since a child, and you move to another place, number one, it's work. You got to pack boxes, you got to organize everything, you got to clean, and then you're moving into another place where you got to unpack and some things you're probably not, not going to take over there with you. You're going to buy new new things and you got to organize and the space, it looks different, it's unfamiliar, it may feel uncomfortable at first. And that is like, the, that's this process of transformation. You're moving from something that's comfortable and familiar to a place that's like, oh, this is not comfortable, right? Because when you've always told yourself a story, always believed a certain way of thinking, it's not just your thinking that feels at home, but it's it's your body. Everything is saying that this is the truth. This is what I've always known. This is what I've always believed. My body agrees with it. This is true. And so in this uprooting stage, we are challenging the story we once knew. We're challenging what we've always believed, what we've always told ourselves with God's truth. And so how do we transform the mentality of the wounded? How do we stop living in a place from a wounded place? And under this uprooting stage, I have three points, three different things that you can use and take with you 
to help you uproot this place and to move forward and to live a life that's transformed. And so the first one is follow the voice of God. You have to follow the voice of God. God's voice, it has to mean something to you. And it has to mean something more than your own voice, than the own storyteller in you. When I went to God about my wound and about the hard places in my soul where I just, I didn't want to have a relationship. I didn't want to have a relationship with anyone. I was afraid to love again, to be open and vulnerable. And I had to hear what God was saying though in that. So when following God's voice, you have to be open. And he said, let go. And I spoke about this in the last episode, but he said, let go. And so even in that voice, I wanted to bend my ear to what he was saying and away from the hurt, the pain, what I wanted to hang on to. I had to be open to hear what he had to say. And him saying, let go, I leaned into it. I asked questions. I'm like, Lord, okay, I have to let go. What do you want me to let go of? See, when you're following God's voice, there is a sweet surrenderance in your way. You know, pride, what I had, pride is just saying, I want things my way. But as you bend your ear to God, you're already loosening the places that you have been holding on to, the way you want to go, how you want to do things, to hear what he has to say. And so him saying letting go and then giving me instructions and giving me understanding that, look, you got to let go of the pride of the way that you want a relationship to go, of what you want a man to do so that you feel safe and protected. You have to trust me. So following the voice of God is trusting God, is trusting the voice of God. And when you're wounded, Sometimes you can stay in a place where the only person you trust is yourself. And I'm going to tell you, in order to be transformed out of a place of wounds, you honestly, you can't trust yourself. (laughs) You can't trust your feelings. You can't trust the way you used to think. No matter how much it feels right, even in your body, even in your soul, there are things that you are just so used to telling yourself. You're so used to living in a familiar place that you believe is truth, but you have to follow God's voice and trust him more. And I know I can speak this simply. And for some of us, it, it can be really, really difficult. This part can be really, really hard because maybe God has something to share with you and tell you that you feel like you're not ready to hear. And I just pray that God softens your heart, that you keep your heart tender before him and allow him to speak what he what he wants to speak to you. God's voice is a voice of love. It's a voice of conviction. It's a voice of truth. It's a voice that leads you to life. And maybe you just need to try it. Maybe you need to try it. We all started somewhere where We had to choose to listen to something else other than our voice, listen to God's voice and try it out. And I'm telling you, every time I've done this in different areas of my life, it has softened me more to where whatever God has to tell me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to receive it because I know where it leads me to. And so the second thing is 
to believe and speak the truth rather than the story the wound taught you. Believe and speak the truth, the truth that God says, rather than the story the wound taught you. You know, my wounds and the things that I've been hurt by, it taught me that I wasn't good enough. This story of you have to do this and be this and do that to be good enough. That's what a wound taught me. That's what infidelity taught me, (laughs) the hurt from it. It taught me you're not good enough. It taught me that in order for me to not be hurt, they have to do this, this, and that. In order for me not to be hurt, I can't be too, too vulnerable. What has the wound taught you? What has wounds taught you? And this, again, this is why you have to go through stage one, be honest. Because if we can't be honest with how we feel and what we have done as a result of our feeling, there's no way you can be honest with the story that you've been telling yourself, with the story that you have believed about yourself. There's no way. And so I just tell you, let's put some context to this. What story has your wounds taught you about yourself? And then third, be consistent. You have to be consistent. Be consistent in following the voice of God, speaking and believing his truth. Every time you are triggered with that same feeling, maybe the feeling to be quiet and not say anything because you fear that if you say too much, you're going to be attacked or someone's going to use that against you or you're going to look appear a certain way where you're misunderstood and they're not going to get you. Whatever the story is, once you get God's truth, what he's saying, and that can be through his word, that could be through what God has told you, what he has spoken to you, you have to be consistent in speaking and believing it. So one, we're going to speak and believe what his truth is. For me, you know, dealing with that pride, God was showing me through the story of Esau and Jacob how I shouldn't have a sense of entitlement or a sense of someone has to do something for me before I can love them. And again, this is what God was telling me. He wanted my mindset to be, I want you to operate from a place of love, from a place where you're willing to embrace, from a place where you have grace lens on for my people and that you don't see them through the wounds they've caused you. You don't see them through the eyes of pain, the eyes of hurt, but you see them through grace. You see them through love because you have enough. You don't need someone to satisfy that place where you once was hurt. I've healed that. So guess what? That was God's truth that he was giving me through that story and with Jacob and Esau. So that's what I spoke. Every time I felt triggered by a pain or a thought came in my mind that, uh uh-oh, they're going to hurt me. Oh, I had to say, nope, I'm choosing to let go. I choose to embrace. I choose to see this person through the grace eyes of God. I will not submit myself to the old mentality. I had to speak those things and I had to believe it. But here, the third thing is to be consistent with it. You're not going to see transformation if you choose to do this once in a while. We are uprooting something that has been, that's probably been a stronghold in your life for many years. So that means it's going to take some, if you ever uprooted a plant before, there's a lot of tugging. Your consistency is like you tugging on a root. And 
the more you're consistent, the more you're loosening that root. So if it's every now and then, it's not this. It's not going to work because that you have not applied enough force to pull it out. Your consistency is your force that's pulling out an old mentality. And sometimes it's hard because we can be consistent and we're like, gosh, man, I'm speaking, I'm believing this, but I still feel the same way. It's still, you know, oops, I responded this way this time, you know, and I'm, or I'm still feeling fear. I still feel like I want to close up or or this time I didn't, I should have said something and I didn't because I was fearful. And then we can go to this place of where you feel like, gosh, I'm just never going to feel the same. I'm all, I'm I'm never going to be different. I'm always going to be like this. And I'm here to tell you, you have to think about God's word and his truth the way that Jesus spoke about it in the parable of the sower, that word as a seed and that seed that gets planted on different hearts, that's the ground. So you're speaking, believing God's word. You're speaking and believing a seed and you have to give it time to grow. It's not a plant yet. It's not something that is fully developed and grown. When you're moving from a place that is fully developed, a mentality, a thought process that has been fully developed, to uproot it and to believe something else is almost like starting over as a child and believing and speaking something. You have to give it time. You have to give yourself grace to grow and to allow this word to grow in you. So one, I say, follow the voice of God. What is he saying? What is God saying? I know your emotions have a lot of words. It has probably a loud voice. But if you have to get yourself somewhere quiet, get somewhere quiet and ask God, what do you want me to know? What are you saying to me? How do you want me to respond? It can be one scripture. I'm a believer of all I need is one good scripture to combat this truth with. One time I got so desperate, I was tired of battling with the same thoughts, the same stories that I got up in the middle of the night, got some index cards. I wrote down every lie, every story that I had been been believing for years. And one of them was, yeah, I'm never going to be different. I'm always going to be the same. Like, you know, this is just how I am. And I had on the other side of the index card, I had to put God's truth. I had to put a scripture there, a word there. And that scripture I used was he that has begun a good work in me, will complete it. And every time that thought came up, I would speak it and I will believe that word. And the more that I chose to believe it and speak it, the more I was consistent with it, guess what? As soon as that thought or feeling came up, like it went away quickly because I interrupted it. I disrupted it. I had gotten so used to moving from a place of doubt and insecurity to a place of confidence in God's word. So those three things, I pray that that helps you. I want to kind of dive in because, you know, I'm all about God's word, his scripture. I love how God uses his word to bring it to life in our lives. And this Esau and Jacob is just, this story is just blessing me because I see in my life and all of our lives, just how we, it can be hard to move from a place of fear, fearing getting hurt, fearing being attacked somehow 
to a place of where you believing what God says and allowing him to change you and renew you and restore you and refresh you. And it's something about, it's just when we see his word and we see his truth and we see ourselves through his word, there's a refreshing in that. There's a refreshing one to see that, okay, I'm not alone in this, to see how God can change us and transform us, to see how he wants to do it, and to know that there's life. There's life on the other side of this. And we're going to just be traveling through Genesis 32. Genesis 32. This is where Jacob is returning back home. God had told him to go back home. And this is where Esau is. And so he gets this news that Esau is coming to meet him. And it says, and with 400 men, that was a trigger for Jacob. It immediately caused him to be afraid. He even even says, and I'm going to find the scripture, the verse for you. Feel free to go back and read the whole story if you like. I'm in Genesis 32. But it was just so funny. I'm like, gosh, these six words <laughs> that his servants came back and said in verse six, it says, then the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he also is coming to meet you and 400 men are with him. So for anyone who may have skipped the first and second episode, <laughs> let me just recap again what happened. Jacob, he from the time he came out of his mom, his mom's womb, he was a twin to Esau. He was the second one to come out. As he's coming out, he's grabbing the heel of Esau. Already, he was coming out in a way of just trying to get ahead and be deceitful, to take something that belongs to Esau, or to even take Esau, you know, just to, he was about himself. And then he also stole Esau's blessing. He stole, he pretended to be Esau and was blessed by his father, Isaac. His father didn't know. He blessed Jacob thinking he was blessing Esau. Esau was so upset. He was filled with hatred. He even said he was going to kill his brother. And because of that, Jacob left. So now 20 years later, you guys, this is 20 years later, no contact, no nothing. At least according to the scriptures, I don't see any contact. God tells him to go home. So here, He's following the voice of God. Remember this. He's following the voice of God. And I want you to know that God will never lead you into a place for you to be attacked. Now, God will lead us into uncomfortable seasons. He can lead us into uncomfortable situations, but it's only to get what's in us that is not healthy, that is not like him out of us. God does everything intentionally and purposely for us to have life. So remember that we follow the voice of God because on the end of whatever it is that God is saying, there's life there. There's transformation there. There's a new name there. Okay, so he's going to meet his brother. He finds out that his brother has 400 men against him. Immediately, Jacob's mind goes to a mentality of, This man is about to hurt me. It went back to an old story of whatever happened. He still felt that Esau wanted to attack him. He still thought Esau hated him. His mentality, his mindset was on what Esau didn't like about him, what he did to Esau. Esau. So just picture yourself. What is the story that your wound has 
taught you? What is it that you are convinced of? What is it that you keep believing? Because triggers, things are going to come. Things are going to come to remind us of our past, but it's how you respond to it. The story you have been choosing to believe is what's going to determine the way that you respond to life, right? So he feels threatened and he begins to, you know, prepare, you know, to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to, he divided his family into two. And he was like, listen, you know, this family's going to go first then we're going to go last. That way, if he attacks it, he'll get us last. So immediately fear is set in and he's already going into reaction mode. He's reacting. But Jacob does go to the side and prays. And he takes it to God, which I, I love that. I love that in those next few verses, he's so honest and transparent with God. He's like, God, you know, I'm not worthy of, you know, everything that you've done for me. And I'm just asking you to deliver me from my brother. He says, I fear him. You know, I fear that he come to attack me. He's going to attack my children. You know, he's just so honest and bare and vulnerable with God, which is so, is so beautiful. I wish that we would understand that this is the type of relationship that we ought to have with God. We shouldn't have a relationship where we fear even coming to God, the one who created us, the one who made us. God doesn't want you to live in fear. So if I feel fear, I need to come to my father about it and say, hey, God, this is what I feel. I need to know what do you say? And Jacob, actually, he reminds God, and I believe he's reminding himself, He's like, but you told me to come here. You told me to come back home. And he's like, you said that he would treat me well. You know, you gave me all this. You told me all this good things that would happen. So it's like, okay, what are you going to choose to believe, Jacob? In this moment, if God is leading you into this place, if if you're following the voice of God, are you going to choose to believe something from the past? Are you going to choose to believe an old mentality? Are you going to choose to believe fear? Or are you going to choose to believe God's truth and what he said about you? And so he prays to God. But even after he prays to God, Jacob begins to prepare these gifts to be sent to Esau. And he says, perhaps he'll accept me. And it's so funny, you know, I was just thinking, man, when we're hurt, we could lower our standards to do things, compromise so that we are accepted. But really we're trying to be accepted because we fear we could be hurt, that someone could hurt us. So sometimes not even just giving gifts or presents or just trying to make nice with people. Sometimes it's, just, it's really you not giving yourself. You're not giving your full self. Jacob sent all these gifts and stuff over to Esau. And then he sent it by way of his servants. He wasn't even the one to go and send it. He was too afraid that Esau would hurt him and attack him. And sometimes we can do that when we when we have been wounded or whatever the situation is, we're afraid to give our true selves because we don't want our true selves hurt. And even right now, if you're in a relationship and you've, you probably, maybe you've been hurt in the past or maybe even by the one you're in a relationship with, and it can be any type of relationship. It could family, friends, whoever. And you know you're not giving your all. 
you know you're holding back. I'm here to tell you, God wants to heal that place. He wants you to be able to express your true self without feeling this fear, without allowing fear to paralyze you to be you. You know, I know we want to be accepted. I know we want to feel loved. But at the cost of being you, no, that's not God's intention for you. This is where we have to go through the stages. Stage one, be honest and say that to God. Like, God, you know, I've been holding back. I fear saying what I want. I fear, you know, being this person or whatever, because one, maybe you don't feel like you deserve it or you feel like somehow it's going to be used against you or, you know, whatever it is, bring it to God, be honest with him. And then two, stage two is finding the root. Why do you feel that? Why, where did this come from? And now in uprooting in this stage, okay, now we have to follow the voice of God. What is he saying about this? What is he saying you to do? What is he saying for you to believe about yourself now? And whatever that is, no matter what looks or appears, because here Jacob is just reacting off of purely what appears to be. And the only reason it appears is because he's using a partial fact. Esau is coming with 400 men and he's using part of his own old story. This whole 20 years, Jacob has not dealt with the fact that he hurt someone and that person hates him. He hasn't dealt with that. So he's been holding on to this story. And there's some things in you. The reason why you're holding on to this story is because you have not dealt with it. You have not came to an honest place about it. You have not allowed God to help you find the root of it, to get to a place where you may need to see yourself in a light that's not so nice, not so bright but allow God to tell you a different story, a new truth about yourself. You have to allow God to, you have to deal with it and allow God to speak truth in you. And so here, as we go further down in the scripture, this is the part that I want to read and want us to just dive into is where Jacob wrestles with God, because this is where we get into what this whole uprooting process looks like. And it's, I'm telling you, it's a wrestling Because you're wrestling out of an old familiar location, an old familiar thinking mindset, home, a place where you've made home in your soul. And so here, Genesis 32, verse 22, and he arose, this is Jacob, that night and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the fort of Jabbok, Jabbok, however you say it. (laughs) Verse 23, he took them sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man, this is capital M, man, wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail, this is the man, capital M, M, man. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. He touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Verse 26, and he said, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob says back, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. 
verse 28. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Wow. So I don't know if you remember episode one, I talked about Jacob when he came out of the womb, he had his hand on Esau's hill. And because of that, they called him Jacob. It was like deceiver or the one that tries to get ahead. That's what his name meant. But here, after wrestling with God, God says, I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to give you a name called Israel because you wrestle with God and with men. And I'm here to tell you the process of transforming the mentality from one home to another home, there's going to be some wrestling in it. There's going to be some struggling in it. And sometimes we hear, man, I'm just, I'm struggling with this. And we can look at it as being a bad struggle. But if you're struggling, then that tells me that you're in between homes. Like you're no longer living in the old home. You've you somehow found an another option, another way, another mentality, because you're struggling with something. See, if you're not struggling, you're either in one place or another. And a lot of people are not struggling out there whose souls are lost, weary, wounded, but because they refuse to come to an honest place, because they refuse transformation, they're in an old mentality, an old way, and they don't struggle with it because they've accepted that. That's where they, they want to be. That's where they're choosing to be. But if you're struggling, that tells me that you don't want to be where you're at. You don't want to live and think the way you're living. You're struggling. You're wrestling with God's truth because I've always believed this, but God, I hear you saying this. I'm wrestling. I'm struggling because now what I used to believe is just, it's not lining up with my spirit man because now my spirit man is being fed by the voice of God. My spirit man is being fed by this truth. And this truth is challenging the place of this old story. It's challenging the place of where I used to think that I was inadequate. It's challenging this place where I always saw myself less than, where I didn't feel that I could be, be loved. The love of God is saying, but I am loved. So now you have this truth and then this old way of thinking that's against each other. So here, I don't think it's co a coincidence that God came as man. So it says here, it looks like he's wrestling with man, but he's also wrestling with God. And so here, I believe that when we are trying to be consistent and we are trying to believe his truth, it can feel like you're wrestling against how you feel, how you feel triggered in that moment, how you feel your emotions can say, fear, 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 alert, alert, alert. Someone's going to hurt you. Someone's going to attack you if you say this, if you do this. But then on the other side, it's like, God's like, but you are my daughter. You are my son. I love you. In me, there's a spirit of love. There's no spirit of fear. There's a spirit of a sound mind and power. You have that. You walk in that. So whatever it is that the truth that God is giving you, it can feel like a struggle at first. It can feel like a struggle to believe it. But I'm here to tell you, be consistent in it. And I love that verse 26, God is saying, hey, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob says, he said, I'm not going to let go unless you bless me. That's consistency. That's saying, you know what? I may be struggling and wrestling with this thing, 
but I refuse to go back to the home that I used to live in. I refuse to let go of what is trying to pull me out of this home. I refuse to let go of God's truth. I refuse to let go of the God that I'm hanging on to. See, it was God as man, but Jacob knew, he knew it was God because he he said, I'm not going to let it go until you bless me. Man can't bless us. What you used to think, what you used to feel, what the story, there's no blessing in that. If anything, there's cur- there's a curse in that. But he said, but this God part, this truth part that says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This God part that says, you have begun a good work in me and you will complete that right there. I'm not going to let go of that. You have to be consistent in holding on to God's truth because as you're consistent in that, just as Jacob said, there's a blessing for you in that. And look at the end of this. God says, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. There's a new identity. There's a new name for you. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not the same Shawanda that I was years ago because I decided to hold on to God's truth. I decided to let go of how I used to think, how I used to feel. I decided to allow me believing and speaking consistently to transform my life for God's word to give me a new name. Only God's word can transform you. You know, I'm just thinking right now how it even says that in the beginning, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And, but then it says, then the word became flesh. So the word became man. And so here in this text, (laughs) Jacob is wrestling. He's wrestling with that word. He's wrestling with man. And I'm telling you, do not feel condemned because right now you've been wrestling. You've been struggling with this. You keep being persistent and being consistent in believing and speaking his word. You will transform you will have a new identity. You will have a new name. God's word does not come as something that's fully grown. It does not come as a plant. It does not come as a tree. It comes as a seed. You have to allow it to grow in you. You have to give yourself grace in this process. Give yourself grace in in this transformation. God's word does not come back void. If he says he's going to continue that work in you that he began and you believe it, guess what? He's going to continue it. You shall not be the same no more. Amen. Amen. So at the end of the podcast, let's just get ready for our confessions for the soul. I pray that that you have gotten something out of this series, that you take back the lessons that were taught as far as, you know, stage one, be honest, be honest. Be honest with how you feel. Be honest with how you've been reacting, how you've been responding. If you felt jealousy, if you felt intimidation, if you've been comparing, if you felt, if there's been this sense of entitlement, this sense of what you deserve or this controlling, like you know that you control a lot because you fear something. Be honest with that. Be okay with seeing yourself for a moment in a way that may not be too pretty, you know, but you're giving it to God and God wants to give you a new identity. At the end of this, There's a new identity for you. And I'm telling you, you're more than who you think you are. You're more than the story you've always believed about yourself. All right, confessions for the soul. So just repeat after me. Father, I choose to follow your voice. Your voice is a voice of love, truth, 
and safety. I choose to believe your truth. Over the story, my wounds taught me. No longer will I live out of a place of fear. But daily, I will consistently believe and speak your truth. I am forgiven. I am set free from my wounds and my past mistakes. I am healed. I am whole. I am made new in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, everyone, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get refreshing to those souls who need it. Also, don't forget to head over to Amazon where you can purchase that 30-day devotional Rest for the Soul by yours truly. Um, You want to get it in your hand. And just remember, soul care is self-care. Until next time, bye-bye.